0: Welcome to another episode of the Awareness Advantage Podcast, where leaders who are good at getting stuff done become great leaders to influence and inspire people. I'm your US co-host and best-selling author, Kevin McCarthy, joined by my good friend, Canadian business partner, and best-selling author, Licky Labji. If you have not yet done so, click subscribe so you never miss an episode. And now, the Awareness Advantage Podcast. We're just starting to bring up a conversation about pressure and the difference between external pressure and internal pressure. What is the what are the external pressures we deal with? Lots of them, right? Just throw out some of those external pressures. Maybe start with the idea of uh, pressures at work. What kind of pressures are we under at work? Deadlines. Deadlines. Yep, the big one.
1: Interpersonal communication.
0: Hmm. Yep. You ever felt the pressure of, uh, of that one person that you have continual conflict with, and you see him coming from the other end of the building? Uh-oh, of course now we're in a virtual world. So just shut off your video, right? What other kind of pressures
1: do we fall uh, prey to? Family, commitment.
0: Hmm. What other kind of pressures? And by, and by the way, before I ask it again. There's something in the uh, the world of fraud investigation called the fraud triangle. And it's the three components, uh, for lack of a better word, that uh, when they, the three of them come together, it, it uh, creates the perfect recipe for some, for an honest person to actually become dishonest. And pressure is one of those three areas. So when we get under pressure. With the uh, with fraud triangle, when you get in pressure and uh, an opportunity exists and then rationalization happens, those three things right there is a recipe for breaching your ethics, even if you don't blatantly commit a fraud, fraudulent crime. So pressure's huge. Kevin, so, can you
1: bottom line that somehow? That's a, that's a really interesting point you just made. Mm-hmm. Say
0: that in, a,
1: in a different way. Because I can just see that in so many different ways.
0: Yeah, and, and a great question. So in fraud investigation, when you look at the, the dynamics of geek people doing bad things or making bad choices, fraud triangle says that when opportunity exists, pressures exist, and rationalization takes place, it's a recipe for, for fraud. It's a recipe for making bad decisions. That applies, I think, in a lot of areas that, that would we'll never get into a realm of fraud. And just think about the pressure you might be under, an opportunity that might exist, and, then, uh, and how we then process that and start to rationalize whatever it is we're going to rationalize. How might that
2: impact us? I think this echoes back to leaders, whether it's yourself as a leader or your own leaders and why they ask questions and why it may appear that you as a leader or your leader wants to invest in your life, it's because opportunities exist that are usually somewhere behavioral, right? So I mean, if we're going to make a bad decision or what appears to be a bad decision, we're going to rationalize it we're going to justify the hell out of whatever it is we want to do there's something behind the scenes that's led us to that and if we don't know who our staff are or if our leaders don't know who we are how can you even begin to implement a process that says warning bell you know something is going on that that we should be discussing as as individuals or as a team or as whatever and, and try to figure out so that if you're faced with such situations you have a bit of a clue of what might be coming
0: Hmm. No, it's good, Randall. I was thinking about the person who has an opportunity to advance in their career. They feel the pressure to do so because they're being told that they're being groomed and that they uh, they've got all the cakes, and now they've got to live up to somebody else's standards. And then the rationalization is, "I have to keep up a facade in order to get this position." That never happens in the workplace, does it? <laughs> You've never had a boss that has a facade like that looking for their next promotion?
1: Yeah, but that's a good point. That's something that comes up for me right now when you said that, is that actually what happened. And I felt I had to live up to that. But you're right. It was their agenda trying to put me in a position. They thought, I was going to be good for, but I realized I didn't want to do it. But I also didn't want to say no to the person because they believed in me. Yeah. So I went so, along with it for till now.
0: Nice. <laughs> so there, and there's that battle because what you just described is both an external pressure and an internal pressure. You've got pressure coming at you from both sides because it's the pressure from they they expect, they they believe, they want. And then it's like, I must live up right
1: And the ideas of who we think we are being consistent with
0: who we think we've been in the past that pressure to live up
2: and then i think graham even the opposite side of that right the 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 pressure to to live up to said standards and beliefs and then the realization that some of those standards and beliefs are no longer accurate or no longer serve and then and then you've got to flip the other way around and go what am i doing how am i doing and am i doing the right thing does anybody deal with perfectionism other than me?
0: Is that pressure? What's the difference between perfectionists or perfectionism and, and just excellence? That's always our rationalization. Not perfectionist. I just want excellence.
1: Kevin, that quote from Brene Brown, you know, if you have it handy. We just found it regarding perfectionism. Mm-hmm. That was really that one really hit home as well. Wish I had it. Mm-hmm. Perfectionism, the excellence, OCD—these are all behaviors that we put within ourselves right to live up to a standard that we feel we have to portray
2: dig a little deeper into that licky it's not just the ones we put on ourselves but it's the ones that we grew up with or that others put upon us as we age right yeah that worldview of you've
1: got to do this you know the, the people that went to private school the people that were in the military the, the cultural parents that said you got to do over and you got to just earn your times table inside and out. I remember all those things and what, what, how did that raise us and how do we raise our kids because of that?
0: You know, we, uh, we've talked about this before is the expectation gaps. Remember that? And pressure is a big part of that, right? When we have this internal pressure to live up to someone else's standards or maybe our own standards in the case of our perfectionism, then we create expectation gaps because the reality is, is that perfectionism is here and reality comes in here like we're never going to be perfect and when we expect to be up at the top and our reality comes in below that we create a gap and that expectation gap always is filled with negativity always disappointment discouragement disillusionment frustration anger you name it and will that's where we go when we create an expectation gap. That's how we deal with the expectation gap. Just let down. I'm not good enough. I'll never measure up. You, the list just goes on. How, it, about, go ahead, how
1: about when you feel like you're ready for a new challenge and you get pushed back by leadership feeling that you might not be ready for that challenge?
0: Yeah, that's... That's stuff to deal with as well, right?
1: The great comment or observation or feeling that you're, you may be experiencing. As a coach, I would turn back and say, what's coming up for you when that occurs? What kind of experience are you dealing with? And how do you communicate that to leadership? And then set the boundaries for yourself so that you can mm-hmm. have those conversations in a non-experiential way as opposed to a fa- factual way. What ends up happening for some of us, and I say some of us, including myself, is that when experiential conversations happen, which is feelings conversations, we're not listening and asking for feedback. We're protecting ourselves from that limiting beliefs that may, become, that may have come up. And this is not just in workplace. This is in relationships. This could be with kids. Just think about uh, what's coming up for you and how you can communicate and ask the right questions to understand what they're going through, what they're dealing with, and they may have a right answer for you or maybe a political answer. Dad, what, like you said, you may find you may be finding yourself in their expectation gap that's being overshadowed onto you, so you. You ask, what Licky said, you asked that question. And then how do I best communicate so that I can fill that gap in for them concerning me? But you may never get the answer you want, but if you have confidence, if you if you go through the process, you come out stronger. The other thing I was just going to say about that, uh, the perfectionism, you put a ceiling on it. I don't think there is a ceiling on perfectionism. Because it's elusive, it's a unicorn. You can, you'll never find. It. You'll never find it. That gap. It's a bottomless pit. If you continue to pursue that, mm. one thing that helped me a lot was when I shifted from expectation, always as a desired outcome. There's something in your mind that it looks like. Um, I shifted from being uh, expecting to trying to anticipate, because anticipate doesn't put a a form or a shape on it. It's just I had good anticipation about a project or a good anticipation about somebody, and so that I could remove the expectations that I might my gap might put on them. So that helped me in my thinking, just in my mindset. But anticipation is just just uh, is a better, a more positive emotion because there's no ceiling to try and hit. And my definition of excellence is doing the best you can with what you
0: have. I think it's really good, Mark. If you are in leadership at any level, from frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now back to the program. Also something profound there, Mark, is uh, back to a scenario that she brought up is we could be trapped by other people's expectations or rather false expectations. Sometimes, sometimes, maybe, maybe not. And so we have this idea that we are who we are and we're at this certain level and we're able to handle a certain number of things. And, and maybe that's true, maybe it's not. But then there's this expectation from those who can promote us. And I think that's a great idea is to just ask those questions when they don't promote us. It's like, okay, so you, you see that I need to you know, continue to develop in certain areas. What areas would those be so that I'm ready for the next round when it's available, right? And like Liggy said, maybe sometimes it's just pure political. Key there is to not let other people's expectations or lack of, of
1: expectations of you to determine your value, to determine your personhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, Mark. I'll challenge you on that. That's easier said than done, isn't it? Oh, it's simple, not easy. <laughs> yeah, you know, all
0: it's, of this is simple. It's just not. I,
1: I agree hundred percent. It is not easy at all. But the the toil of it can actually help us grow and expand. Mm. The, you know, the the tension of that you know, fight to to know who we are and have confidence in who where we're at today actually helps us grow. So I do agree with you. Like that in itself could be an unreachable expectation of perfection. <laughs> but I think the the key is people's inability to see your your worth does not reduce your value or something to that effect. It's like they just because they can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. So I think it's just a I think that's what I was alluding to. But that I'm glad you pushed back on that. Like it's true. It's not easy at all, but that is part of our Ongoing development.
0: Yeah. I think when you look at expectations, somebody said it earlier about kind of alluded to comments I've heard and probably you've all heard over, over the, uh, the course of years from certain people where they uh, like, I've learned just to not expect anything, I've learned to not have any expectations that way I'm not disappointed. Right. My opinion is that is not a healthy way to handle it. Right. That's just sort of almost giving up dropping the dreams and just kind of settling into mediocrity. But I think the really important thing is to manage, to learn how to manage in a healthy way, your expectations. It's good to have expectations. We just want to manage those expectations. We want to manage how we deal with the, the shortcomings from those expectations, right? Well, I don't know about all of you, but I'm just thinking God, being human is so complicated. But that's good because we can, we learn how to become a better version of us. We can learn to think better, be better and do better. And that is one of the, one of the
2: mantras of spots.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's just about like using, changing the language up a little bit, like instead of expectations, goals, maybe it's growth. It's not perfection. Um, Mm 1% increase, you know, 1% idea where I'm going to improve. 1% 1% every every day or every week or every month or whatever it is. Sir.
2: I want to challenge that just briefly, Mark. I, I agree. But then, I, and this is going to be something I'm sure I've heard you say in a vast amount of other words, if, you're, if your goal to improve by 1% every day, but you can't hit it that day. For whatever pressure, whatever thing happened in your day that you find yourself reverting or needing to like, nope, this is not a growth day. This is a recovery day to being able to to stop and and love yourself for a minute and just go, I've come a long way and I need to appreciate where I currently am, where I've come from and what I've done to this point. This is not a work day. This is a self-love day. And I mean, we should be practicing stuff like that every day, but I think there are times we do need to stop and just go, today is not my day to do this thing, right? Okay. I, I ha- had a conversation. Sorry, Mark, go ahead. He said that good. Had a conversation with, with uh, an up and coming business owner and, and he is, he's, he's buying out a business. Owners are retiring. Long story short, we were having a conversation about staffing and about people and about love and knowledge and trust and respect and all these wonderful things. And he said, well, if my staff isn't operating at 100%, I'm not sure that they're the right staff. And I'm like, dude, by the time they got to you, they've already wasted 20%. They've been up for two to three hours getting dressed, making sure they've got whatever they need to get through the day, shower the clean, whatever your morning process is. They've already dedicated that amount of time to you that by the time they show up and walk through the door and sit down at at your computer to do their job for you, they're not at 100%. There's been a commute, there's kids, there's dogs, there's sick, there's all these other things have happened by the time they've arrived at your desk. Like if you expect 100% every day, 100% of the time from 100% of your staff, you're going to run into some other issues because of your expectations. This is a great analogy to that. Your expectations are, are going to actually suffer against them and they're not ever going to meet your standard because you expect it. I said, if if we look at moments where we're going to have days where 20% we're going to have days where showing up and surviving is the thing we're doing because of whatever has led us to that. Yes, I want to see staff thrive and I want to see businesses thrive, but I also appreciate, and even to Mark's, you know, anticipation, I anticipate that not everybody's going to do that every day, more than likely. And that's okay. So we can stop on those days and just like, you know what, let's, let's have a coffee or let's spend the next three hours talking about what seems to be nothing, but I'm gaining intel through good conversation. That's spot on and uh, profoundly amazing.
0: As managers, as leaders, how often do we have those expectations that our entire staff should show up every day and give 100%? Well, I'm. we're paying you to show up and give us 100%. You know, so we're putting some unrealistic expectations because truth is, if we're honest with ourselves, we can't show up every single day and give 100%. You know, this like, like you said, sometimes it's sick, sometimes it's family pressure. Sometimes there's sadness in the family, you know, death in the family or some other, you know, there's lots of factors that go into just surviving and living and and trying to thrive as human beings. And so we create these high expectations, unrealistic expectations for our people, and then put that pressure on them. And then generally they can't, because they have this expectation put on them and all of us here that they, they feel, they may feel like, well, I can't show my real self. I have to pretend everything's okay. I have to put up a facade, right? And then, you know, think about the earlier days of careers. If that's what is being taught, it's like, okay, I need to put a facade in order to be part of the system here, then we get promoted into management. And then that's why now we have managers that actually manage by facade. And back to the original comments, right? The pressures, everybody's pressuring us to work, 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 work and get productivity done all throughout the day and they're creating pressures on you to to be available readily whenever somebody else needs you i i need you it's like you know we also call that the tyranny of the urgent everybody's request is urgent in their minds right yours are to them as well by the way and so it's like we got to push back and say you know i think was it last week i said that, you know colleague of mine told me I work for a tyrant. Did I, I mentioned that? Yeah. So And he said, that tyrant is you. I'm a recovering perfectionist and uh, and I can be a, my own tyrant. I can put all kinds of pressures on myself, but our, the the workplace puts those pressures on us. So we have to really be strong and say, this is me time. I need, I'm taking five minutes. Everything's on silent or mute or do not disturb. And you're going to take five minutes, fifteen minutes, thirty minutes, whatever you whatever you need. So even the executive you was talking about the 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 top person in the the entire organization wasn't taking lunches because everybody was requiring her time. So by the end of the program, she was blocking off an hour for lunch every single day, and it's revolutionized her own her own sanity, her own health. That's one way to. Manage internal and external pressures. If you are in leadership at any level, from frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now back to the program. You're also modeling at that point, right? So you're either modeling everybody
1: else felt the pressure of not taking lunch when she didn't take lunch, but now they feel a release to have proper breaks. Mm -hmm. Those, Those margins that you take will always pay off in productivity and creativity because you might. Take fifteen, but you probably gain thirty or sixty minutes by taking that fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It's subtraction to multiply.
2: Yes, absolutely agree. Task residue is a thing, right? We we all say that we can do seven or eight things in the next thirty minutes. And what do you do really well in the next thirty minutes? Not seven or eight things. You do one thing terribly, and that's try to manage seven or eight things in a short period of time, right? You, you leave a task, get to a task, leave a task, get to a task. The whole time you're you're going that other task, I didn't finish this, that other thing I didn't this. And then you're interrupted on top of all of that. Right. And so by taking or scheduling your time and, and knowing what your time is and where you're most productive or least productive. Uh, and that's how I set out my day. I don't block out times, but I know that my mornings are far more productive. And I accomplish far more, you know, in in individual or team setting in the first portion of my day. So if I have control over that, that's what I do. And I know that my afternoon is where I start to experience task burnout and I start to to care less about all the physical components of, of work. And I become and I hit that way more creative component. And so when I'm dealing with with my colleagues. And try to establish what's the week look like, what's everything else look like in an afternoon session where we all get a chance to just talk and, and establish, you know, the creative box that we're going to build for, for certain things with the anticipation that the box is going to shift throughout the week. Um, and then we come back in the morning or I come back in the morning with a much clearer plan because I know that that's when I make my best decisions. That's great, right. Randall. Uh, so we're,
0: we're talking, uh, you know, pressures, internal, external, and one of the ways to start to manage some of that is to block time out for yourself, right? What are some other ways? With, let's see if we can't come up with three or four really good practical ways that we can implement in our lives that will help us manage
2: pressures, whether they're internal or external or both. Do we just capture self-care as one giant element of that? Sure, we could do that. What's,
0: we can break it down too. But let's, so one of the areas of self care is marking off the calendar, taking personal time. What what else can we do to help us manage those pressures internally and externally?
1: Sure, well, last week in our leadership program, mm-hmm. there was a great conversation around starting your day grounded with the intention. because mm-hmm. we were talking about imperative statements and absolutes, and the conversation led to, is she not? And at peace in the mornings, entire day goes into a survival mode and then the imperatives and the absolutes are coming out and the behavior changes. Mm-hmm. That would really resonate for me as well. So I've tried to take that into play this entire week. I wonder how others can relate to that comment. So start your day being grounded. What does that
2: mean to all of you? Something else I, I want to add to both. I meditate every morning that I make time for it. Some mornings I do need extra sleep and I accept that. And so I do the extra 30 or 60 minutes of sleep, whatever it might be. My first cup of coffee is a quiet cup of coffee. I like that before everybody else in the house is awake because I have a chance to sit. I'm intentional in my present space. I'm not drifting to, you know, how my day is going to be. What I'm expecting, what I left work yesterday, and what I'm coming into today, and all of those insanities, right? I, I, my moment is here and it is now, and I'm in my home. I'm present. I've got a warm blanket or a hot cup of coffee, and I move into my meditation space because I've allowed just to. This is where I am. Uh, there's there's 18 hours ahead of me of who knows what. Right now is here. Mm-hmm.
0: Good,
2: Randall.
1: Exercise can be a big one. I don't know if someone's mentioned that, but that one I really notice for myself if I go too long without exercising I just get really tense and angry and the other day I noticed in the morning I was just in a bad place and I was like i I'm just going to go to work half an hour later I have to exercise otherwise I'm going to be a miserable person to be around. <laughs>
0: that is good. Licky says have a win list Write down your wings. <laughs> Chelsea, be thankful for who and what you have in your life. That's huge.
1: But Kevin, how is all this related to perfectionism?
0: Thinking back it's... in the whole hour, I'm not sure if it's all related to perfectionism. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an absolute. Um, we started the conversation around expectations. Expectations, yeah. perfectionism. This it, all ties into pressure. And really, what it's all said and done is if Perfect. we're perfectionists, we're going to create pressure. Yeah. If we're, if we got high expectations that are unrealistic expectations, we're going to create pressure for ourselves and others, right? If we have rigid thinking, we haven't talked much about, but that's, you know, these, the belief system that things have to be a certain way, you know, that does feed into perfectionism. But sometimes we, even if you're not a perfectionist, you'll have rigid thinking. We got to watch that uh, because all of this creates pressures. So to me, in in summary would be, We want to have aspirations, goals, dreams, and we want to, you know, it's, it's not necessarily unhealthy to have certain expectations. We just want to manage, learn to take a breath, engage our critical thinking processes, and manage the feelings and the emotions, the, you know, the disappointments, everything else that comes along with, you know, our expectations. I expect something, but I'm okay if it's, it can come out that way you know that's the way i'd like it to come out but it's not necessarily how it has to come out thank you for listening to the awareness advantage podcast brought to you weekly by the leadership team at blind spots global a multinational multicultural leadership development organization specializing in transforming managers who are good at getting stuff done into great leaders who can influence and inspire others to achieve their best If you have not yet subscribed, please do so now so you will never miss an episode. If you would like to join our live virtual studio audience and participate in the conversations, visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. We hope to see you there.